0: This is Crossroads with Clayton King. Okay, friends, I am gonna preach a message that you're gonna listen to right now that is actually my favorite story in the whole Bible, and that's saying something because I love all the stories. This is my absolute favorite. It's about Cleopas and his friend, possibly his wife, as they walk along the road to Emmaus. They're joined by Jesus on the very first Easter Sunday morning. This is a hilarious story, but also a powerful testimony of the power of the resurrected Son of God to reveal himself. So thanks for joining me as I preach through this Easter message at my church, New Spring in South Carolina, my favorite passage in the whole Bible. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have been there on the very first Easter Sunday morning? Luke chapter 24 tells us what Jesus did on that first Easter. Luke 24, 13 and following, reads like this. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself, came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized Him, and He disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while He talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. That's what Jesus did on the first Easter Sunday morning. Now I have to confess to you, this is my absolute favorite story in the whole Bible. The story of Easter is a story that all of us can relate to, but the story of these two friends walking the road back home to Emmaus is one that everybody at every age and stage of life from every background can emotionally relate to. These two men have questions. They are confused. Like me in a math class, they are confused. They don't know what's just happened. Now, we know a few things about these guys. Only one of them has a name that we're told. But we know that they had been in Jerusalem. We know that they had been with the disciples. We assume that they were disciples too. Now, that doesn't mean that they were part of the 12 because Jesus had more than 12 disciples. They had most likely stood there on Golgotha they had most likely watched Jesus be crucified at the hands of these Roman soldiers. They had watched him take Jesus down from the cross. They had watched them take his lifeless body and prepare it for burial. But because they had followed Jesus and had heard Jesus prophesy and promise that one day he would rise again, that three days after his death he would come back to life after taking our place on the cross and dying for our sins, he had made a promise that he would be raised from the dead to start a brand new kingdom. So these guys have been in town Friday. They watched him die. Saturday, they didn't see a thing. Now it's Sunday morning. And they've given up. For whatever reason, they've decided it's not worth it. Maybe he's the son of God, maybe he's not. Because when Jesus begins to talk to them, the Bible says their faces were downcast. And when Cleopas speaks, he says, we had hoped. The thing that emotionally connects me to these guys is that just like you, I've had my hopes crushed in life. And that's why this story I believe is so important to all of us because we have hopes and dreams and maybe at this point in your life, you've got some questions too. Maybe you are fond of Jesus, maybe you went to church at some point, maybe you've walked away from the Lord, maybe you have never given your life to Jesus or maybe you are following him right now but you've still got some questions. And there are real questions that I believe Jesus wants to enter into our relationship just to answer them for us with his presence. The irony of this whole story is that Jesus is following these two guys, but this shows us that Jesus hasn't really changed because the last time we saw Jesus alive, he was hanging on a cross, reaching out to two guys who were confused. As he's dying on the cross, there are two criminals literally about to die with him, and Jesus is answering their questions. Jesus is reaching out to them in love. Now, Jesus is risen from the grave, and the very first thing he does is go find two more guys with doubts and fears and questions. And this ought to tell you at least one thing. Jesus is not afraid of what confuses you. Jesus is not afraid of your hard questions. Jesus does not stand back with with latex gloves on saying to you, I'm sorry, I can't touch you. I know the sins you've committed, Clayton. I know the bad thoughts you've had. I know the lies you've told. I know the things you struggle with. And so I can't touch you because you might make me dirty. That's not how Jesus approaches people. Jesus approaches people in the complete opposite way. He runs to them as fast as he can. He gets there in a hurry and says, I'm not worried About you making me dirty I am gonna make you clean with my presence I will purify you just talk to me I just want to hear what you got to say I love this story you couldn't make this up Luke had actually gone and interviewed these two men which is the reason why Cleopas is named so they're walking along the road and here comes Jesus they are looking for answers they want to know if Jesus is really raised from the dead and boom there's Jesus Which brings me to my first point. If you are looking for Jesus, you need to know this. He is already looking for you. If you're looking for hope, Jesus is already looking for you. If you need peace, Jesus is already trying to provide that peace for you. If you are looking for Jesus, he is already looking for you. When Jesus approaches these guys, he says, so what are y'all talking about as you walk along? And Jesus asked this question, but it really kind of makes me go, why is Jesus asking this question? He already knows what they're talking about. He's Jesus, he can hear everything. Jesus knows the answer to every question. You can't like, you can't fool Jesus. You can't fake Jesus out. You can't like, he knows the answer to every question on Jeopardy. He wins every single wheel of fortune every single time. You can't even tell Jesus a knock knock joke. Seriously, (laughs) try it sometime. Hey Jesus, yes my child, (laughs) knock knock, I know. He knows who's there. You don't have to tell him. Jesus knows everything. So why does he ask these guys, what are y'all talking about? It's not because he wants to know information. Jesus knows all the information in the whole entire universe. Jesus asked them what they're talking about because he wants them to talk to him. All Jesus has ever wanted from you, and, and I feel real, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust the ghost right now. All Jesus has ever wanted from you is a relationship. He doesn't want perfect behavior. He doesn't want a five hour quiet time. He doesn't want you to empty out your checking account and give all of your money to the church. He may tell you to do some things similar to that at some point, he may not. All Jesus has ever wanted from any of us, including you, he just wants to sit down and talk to you and know how you feel. He knows how you feel, but he wants you to tell him. And I just wanna help take the pressure off some people today on Easter Sunday. I wanna take some pressure off of you and let you know Jesus is still pursuing people just like he walked along the road to talk to these two guys. That's why you're at church today. What are y'all talking about while y'all walk along? And the guy looks at Jesus and goes, where have you been? Man, the irony drips off this. I mean, the humor here, you could not make this up. Are you a stranger here and you haven't heard about the things that have just taken place in Jerusalem? And I love Jesus what things (laughs) he's just feeding them line i like to bass fish and man if i've got a big one following my lure what do you do you give them a little slack you feed them some line jesus is feeding them some line he wants them to talk because he knows what he's about to do in just a few hours now it's a seven mile journey from jerusalem to emmaus They spent the whole day together. It could have taken them three and a half hours or four hours, or depending on age and fitness level, it could have taken them seven or eight hours. We don't know, but they spent the day together. And notice what these guys do. When Jesus says what things, they begin to, with a downcast face, but with a little bit of hope, they begin to retell the story because Peter had already come to them that morning and said, hey guys, I went to the tomb, and he's not there. The women, who by the way, were the first ones to get to the tomb, actually said that an angel had appeared to them and told them that Jesus was risen. So these guys, this is so crazy, I love the Bible. These guys don't know what they're doing, but they are actually the first people in the history of the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to Jesus Christ. Man, how would you like that honor? (laughs) So, what have you done with your life? Oh, I was president of the United States. I walked on the moon. I won five Super Bowls. Oh yeah, well, I'm one of two people that preach the gospel to Jesus Christ. That's how we roll from the west side. Drop the mic, walk off the stage. You win if you preach the gospel to Jesus on Easter Sunday morning, you win. (laughs) But they still don't know it's Him. And then Jesus says to them, you guys. Now the reason why he says, you you are so slow of heart to believe all the prophets have said is because they don't recognize Jesus, but they had met Jesus. They had been with Jesus. These men were part of his larger group of disciples. And Jesus had told them what was gonna happen, but they didn't get it. You know why? Because all of us at some point have to have our eyes opened. You can hear about something and not really get it. You can see something and not really understand it. You can be so close to Jesus and still not know it's Him. And here's my next point. Just because you talk about Jesus doesn't mean you recognize Jesus. Just because we talk about Jesus doesn't mean we recognize Jesus. You can talk about Jesus and not really recognize Him, but here's the good news. Jesus ain't mad about it. Jesus is not upset about that. Jesus is not angry that sometimes we talk out of our mouth words that we don't really understand. Jesus is not trying to beat you up or punish you because of that. He loves you. He wants you to really know who he is so that not only can you talk about him to other people, but so that you can talk with him as a friend. Hey, spoiler alert, a lot of people gave their lives to Christ when I first preached this message at my church, and we're going to see people, I believe, come to Christ right here because of this message. You know, another place that we see a lot of people put their faith in Jesus is our Crossroads Winter Conference. This is a big student event in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and it's been going on for 26 years. It's Martin Luther King Jr. weekend in mid-January. Every single year, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend in Gatlinburg in the middle of January. You'll get to hear from me, my son Jacob, my wife Shari, our other speakers. Great worship, amazing conference, y'all. I'm telling you, get your middle school and high school students to this event. It is for middle school and high school students. You can just go to CrossroadsWinterConference.com. That's CrossroadsWinterConference.com for more information. Now, let's get back to this message. Jesus spends the entire day beginning with the prophets, Moses was the first book, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, beginning with the law, the books of Moses, all through the prophets, Jesus spends the entire day showing them all the things that the Scriptures said about Jesus. Do you know there are over 300 Old Testament prophecies about Jesus, from where He would be born to how He would be crucified? Can you imagine? spending the day with Jesus, walking along this dusty road, going back to your house, and Jesus, who wrote the Bible, is giving you a personalized Bible study. These guys are the first people to get a personalized Bible study from the, not only the man that wrote the word of God, but the man who claimed, I am the word. And he opens up the scriptures to them. Now, apparently, while they're spending the day with Jesus, he, their hearts are burning inside of them. Their hearts are on fire. They feel something about this man. They know that something special is going on, but they can't really put their finger on it. Now notice where they're at, because this is where a lot of us find ourselves. They're walking along a road like we're all walking along the journey of life. Whatever stage of life you're in and wherever you are along that road, Jesus just wants to join you. He just wants to be there. He do not want to come with lightning bolts to blow you up because you've messed up along the way. He knows you've messed up and he loves you anyway. But have you noticed that these guys are going back home? Jesus said, if you'll stay in Jerusalem, I'm gonna give you a gift. The Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost was coming. He had told them, stay in Jerusalem until I come to you and tell you what's next. But they didn't, you know why? Because they had a familiar place they could go back to. Don't we all? Don't we all tend to go back to bad habits when things get hard? Don't we all tend to regress back to who we were before we met Jesus when things get tough? When God doesn't answer our prayers, when somebody offends us, when somebody makes a negative comment about us on social media, when we don't get the job promotion, when the prayer isn't answered, when the report comes back from the doctor and it's cancer. We all have those familiar places we go back to It could be an old relationship or an old flame. It could be drinking too much or eating too much or taking a few too many pills that the doctor prescribed. It could be gossip. It could be going on social media and venting all of your anger and frustration. It could be hurtful words to your kids or your spouse or maybe your parents. We all have familiar places and patterns that we go back to when life isn't happening the way we want it to. I can't blame these guys for going back to Emmaus. If it looks like Jesus is not who he said he was, then why not go home? Where else are they gonna go? But Jesus had a better home for them than the one that they had prepared for themselves. And Jesus has a better future for you than anything you've ever imagined. But you've gotta let him in. And this is what happens at the end of the story. So the Bible says they spend the whole day together and then they arrive in Emmaus and they get to the house and Jesus, acted as if he were gonna go farther. But they said, no, 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 don't leave. Come in and stay with us. It's, it's dark, we'll feed you, we'll put you up for the night. And here's what they're really saying. Our hearts are burning in your presence and we don't know why, but you have got some crazy knowledge about the scriptures. Can you teach us some more? Come on in. But they still don't know it's him. The Bible says when they invited Jesus into their home, they sat down at a table together. And when they sat down at a table together, the Bible says that Jesus did something. And Jesus did something that Jesus had done before. This was not the first time that Jesus had ever broken bread. As a matter of fact, these two guys had probably been with Jesus when he broke bread before. He had done it at least twice at the Sea of Galilee, once he fed 5,000 men, once he fed 4,000 men. These guys had seen Jesus break bread before. So the Bible says that when they sat down at the table, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it and he gave it to them, which is ironic because a guest would never break the bread and distribute it. The man of the house would have done that. But see, when Jesus enters into a house, he becomes the man of the house. When Jesus enters into a life, he comes in and he takes over not by force but with love. Do you know why Jesus followed these guys all day long? Because he loved them. He wasn't trying to catch them in the act. He wasn't trying to catch them red handed and scare the life out of them. He was trying to give them life. It's the whole reason Jesus follows any of us because he loves us. He died on the cross loving two criminals. He gets up out of the grave and the first thing he does is he walks seven miles investing hours. Now he goes from walking beside them on a road to standing at the door of their home to sitting at the table with them. You know why? Because Jesus always enters where he is invited. Jesus always enters where he's invited. And in just a moment, hundreds of you are gonna open up the door of your heart to Jesus and you're gonna invite him in and he's gonna come. But how did they have their eyes opened? I wanna show you, the Bible says that Jesus took the bread and he held it in his hands. He gave thanks for it, he blessed it, he broke it and he gave it away. I want you to watch, watch me. When Jesus took the bread and he broke it, he took his hands and Jesus who identified himself as the bread of life begins to break the bread. Jesus who was born in a town called Bethlehem, which means house of bread, breaks the bread. Jesus, whose body had just been broken on Friday, is now breaking bread and giving it to them. And as he breaks the bread, the bread of life, gives it to them. And what did they see? Bread and scars. Look, they saw his wrists They saw where the nails had been driven. And what they knew in that moment is, there are many men who have the scars of a crucifixion in their wrist, and they are all buried in the ground because nobody survives a crucifixion. But this man is alive. He's not a ghost. He's talked to us all day long, and now he's physically sitting at a table. He is physically breaking bread. Oh my God! Literally. Yeah. My God is in my house. And they saw him when they saw the scars of the crucifixion. Those scars told a better story than any words could ever speak. You got some scars. Let them tell a story of how you met Jesus and he changed your life. Jesus has scars. Jesus loved you so much that he's got the scars to prove it. You know, I believe while you've been listening to this message, God's been working on your heart. And if you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus, if you know what he did for you on the cross and you believe that he's alive and resurrected from the dead, the Bible says in Romans 10, that if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. If you'd like to be saved right now, pray this to Jesus wherever you are. He's listening. Jesus, I need you. I believe that you love me. I repent of my sin. I confess you as Lord. I give you my life, Jesus. Right now, please save me. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, and you gave your life to Jesus, I wanna say congratulations. That's a first step in a brand new life as a child of God. Your next step is to be baptized and to join a local church. If we can help you in any way, reach out to us at our website, ClaytonKing.com. But right now, tell someone that you prayed to receive Christ and reach out to us to let us know so we can celebrate with you in your new journey of faith. If you'd like to hear this message again, send it to a friend or learn how to take a next step in your walk with Jesus, check us out at claytonking.com.